welcome to the Fundamentals Podcast. I'm your host, Ali. Thank you for checking out this podcast. Uh, I just wanted to start with a little bit of housekeeping up front, if that's okay with you guys. So, first of all, uh, thank you to all of you who have been supporting the podcast over the last few episodes. I've had some absolutely delightful messages from people on the social medias. I'll be doing a little bit more of a deep dive on that at the end of the podcast because I want to name some people and give some specific shout outs to individuals who've been kind enough to leave reviews and make nice comments. So I think you deserve to be noticed for that. Thank you. And also, uh, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to Mark from last week's episode. If you haven't already gone back and listened to it, then please, please do so. It's a fantastic episode. And Mark is just an amazing guest to have on. He's got his own stuff going with Skip to the End and Mark and me, both of which are brilliant. And it was just a real delight on a personal level to have him on the show and talk about Jaws. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, Again, I can't thank him enough. And uh, on that note as well, I wanted to address something in the last episode. So I'm sure a few of you won't really mind, but it kind of bothered me more than anyone. So during that episode... We discussed uh, a few things about the film, to say the least, one of which was a scene involving, uh, I think it was Quint telling the story of the USS Indianapolis and the sharing scars and all the rest of it. And I said, isn't it interesting that you know Brody checked his shoulder or collarbone? Now, Mark didn't correct me. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to hold that against him. But I noticed uh, when I went back and watched the film, uh, that it actually his was his lower right abdomen, I want to say. So apologies, I did not get the anatomy right. Probably a good thing that I'm not a doctor or in the, med- in the medical profession in any capacity. But enough about me and my little faux pas on the previous episode. On this episode, we're concentrating on the world of disc jockeys. And to help me do that is my good friend Luke, or as he's otherwise known, DJ Feeling Fine. Luke has his own podcasting presence with the All Hands on Deck podcast, which I have linked below. And we just sit down to talk about all things disc jockey related, including the different types of music you can get into, what live events are like, how his love for the subject got started, and where to begin if you not only want to get into it, but if you want to create your own stuff, including a product that I have linked in the description below if you would like to know more. So... Without further ado, let's get to the conversation. This is Disc Jockeys with DJ Feeling Fun. Hello, Luke, and welcome to the Fundamentals podcast. Hello. Thanks for coming on, my friend. So uh, when we spoke, we talked about, well, something that you are deeply passionate about and have your own uh, podcasting presence for. And that is, well, the art of being a disc jockey, or otherwise known as a DJ. So I thought to start, I'd just like to hear how you began with that. Like, what drew you to it and made you want to stick with this? Wow. Um, so I've got to go back quite a few years. Um, I This was before I was a teenager, probably around about maybe 10 or 11 years of age. Um, my sister was heavily into music and she used to listen to the top 40 stuff and I I was never I was never into that Uh, it just didn't excite me what was on the radio Um, 
until she, when she was a teenager, she started uh, buying more and more, I'd say, more special, more underground tapes, uh, CDs. And I managed to get hold of them and started listening to them. And, and the things that I heard from what my sister was uh, getting into, um, we're talking sort of pop band sounds, um, breakbeat, hardcore. And then she started getting into jungle and drum and bass music. Um, and I, she was, she's six years older than me. So, you know, when she was a, a teenager, this is kind of like, real late 90s early noughties sort of period um i kind of was following her as she was going through this journey of of finding you know the the party life you know so um and i remember so i remember listening to to some of it not all of it um and listening to going wow this you know this stuff it was mainly more about the melody at that at that point especially when it comes to like sort of the the hardcore style of music wow this real euphoric energy that's that's within this music i absolutely love it and especially the breakbeat stuff because it's very funky so there was a there was a lot of uh, real instruments being used in in the breakbeat um stuff and and real drums and i i can't remember how old i was i think it was about 14. uh it was a an open festival um all ages and pendulum were performing so I was I was about 14 years of age Pendulum was performing and uh, my sister took me along to the Aston Gate festival which is where they where they were and before we got there sort of a couple of weeks beforehand um she was like oh this stuff called jungle and, and drum and bass she was telling me about it I was listening to it and I I in my head I couldn't work it out it was too chaotic it was I couldn't I couldn't get into it I could not get into it and then I went along and um, this was before Hold Your Colour you know the, the real famous album that they done there sort of real smash hit album uh, it was real I'll say primitive but it was raw real raw drum and bass and it was before they were doing that their sort of band stuff it was just them on stage DJing basically and uh, they were part of a record label uh, called Breakbeat Chaos. And they were playing all of Breakbeat Chaos, all, all of their stuff. And it just blew my mind. The, the power, the, it, it was the power that was in this, this music. Of course, they were mixing stuff uh, from drum and bass to an early form of dubstep to, to Breakbeat. And... I, I couldn't get over the power of the music that was coming through these speaker systems. It was literally like to, to feel music vibrating your body and to have these other people around you that were like-minded, that were coming up and giving you a hug. That was another thing as well. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get over how friendly everybody was. It was such angry music. Well, what I thought was angry music, but actually everyone was just absolutely loving it. And then that just changed my life for, forever then I, I'd never look back and and I got more and more into it um Sadie started to go and started to buy a happy hardcore CDs and uh, I started following to that because it's a very similar tempo to the drum and bass and 
it, it that that speed of music just sat with me. So I started getting into the hardcore sort of side of it as well, and um, we went to I, I went to a uh, when I turned eighteen I went to my first ever hardcore rave, and that walking into the room two and a half thousand people, and just this music with an energy that just goes off the scale and just everybody was just in everyone just loved it you know that there, there, there was no I, I i it's so difficult to explain what it's like if, if someone's never been to an event like that it's so difficult to describe but you do it, it a, a friend of mine um in chippenham he explained it very well. He just said it was literally like you are floating. Now that music right. just brings you up. You float about, and then it drops, and then you you're just there, just in midair, and everyone's just experiencing the same thing. And then all of a sudden it builds up, and then you're you're back down on the ground, and then you're back up in the air, and it just is just like up and down, up and down, up and down all night. Um, and of course, when you're around that sort of thing, and you see the DJs, and you go. Yes, <laughs> I want to do what they what they're doing. You know, I want to control that energy in the room, and and that's just when you know I started buying turntables of myself, started going to record shops, buying underground music because uh, there wasn't your thing like Spotify or Deezer or anything like that. Um, it was if you wanted the stuff, you had to buy it on vinyl because that's where that's where it was coming from. You know, so uh, sort of go, going back, I'm sort of yeah, fourteen. 15, something like that. I, I I was still at school and I started mixing jungle music and hardcore music, um, and it was it was great. I loved it. Absolutely, just loved it. Yeah, that's brilliant, man. Thank you. That's um, that's quite a lot of insight there. I, I was not expecting that. <laughs> but no, it's, no, it's awesome. And and I I feel you there. This one's a funny one for me doing this because anyone who knows me knows that I'm like a huge rock and metal head. And so, like that dance music, DJ music is something that I have like a very limited knowledge of, but I admire the passion. I love the passion, and that's again something I want to explore with this series: is people like yourself who just have that kind of almost euphoric experience. And yeah, you're absolutely right. For anyone who's never been to a live show of any kind, regardless of what music mm. you like, go to one. Go to yeah. one because, like Luke says, the power. If you if you've never been introduced to something like that before, it, a live show can make all the difference and just open up your your mind. And I know people that have been into that, you know, dance music and drum and bass, and they always come away saying, actually, yeah, like the kind of energy you get in a room is yeah. off the charts. So I it can is, imagine it and, is off off the scale. It so is. would you say it feels more that way being an audience member or? being the one behind the decks? Oh, it depends if you've struck the tone right. Um, okay. So just like I said to you in, uh, as, as we were talking before the show, you know, because of the equipment that I possess, <laughs> I have to do a lot of weddings and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but when you explore, especially towards the end of something like that and i've also done my own events um and when you hit that note just right and and there's 
you know, as as you know, if you're you're really into really into your music and your your um, instruments yourself, you will know that the right combinations of keys and the the energy that can be put into to that will will make the crowd do this. You know, it, it will make the crowd go up and down, up and down, up and down. And for me as a DJ, when I'm picking a set. I will go through and I will find out the keys of the song. I've got, you know, the got your your the laptop's currently sat on a piano at the moment, you know. So I'll go yeah. through and I'll and I'll and I'll find the the harmonic key of each song, and I will put it together. Obviously, this is <laughs> this is before we've got technology. This is when I was back when it was doing vinyl. You know, um, you listen to a song, you find the key. And you you determine the energy level and you put it all together and you would try and take your audience on this journey, you know, um, because we're not well. If, if you're purely doing you know a DJing, you're not a musician, you know, you're not. It, it producers and musicians do the work. You're playing their work, but it's how you present that work. I think is an art in itself. Um, because you, you you can play two songs together that completely clash, clash, and before you know it, you've had hundred people on the dance floor, and now you're down to twenty five because of that one mistake. Um, and and yeah, there, there there is a there is a skill in in that. You know? I completely agree, and, that, and that's something I've come to appreciate, um, especially <laughs> since having a fair share of weddings myself in the last few years. You're right; it, there's a huge difference between a good DJ and a bad one and you know straight away like you say who knows their stuff and it's funny i can't remember who i was talking to about this ages ago but i suppose you look at people like um you mentioned pendulum for example or like the prodigy faithless um darude's come up recently for me um daft punk you know these guys that are all kind of famous for remixing and and sort of as you say taking samples but there was a time for me that I was a bit of a puritist and like, well, you're not playing an instrument, so it doesn't count. But then actually that's not true. And when you look at it and analyze what they've done, it is very clever. And you have to have obviously an understanding of how music works. Like you said, you've got to find the right key, the right tempo. It's not just a case of throwing a few bits together and hoping for the best. You need yeah. to know, no, this is the build up. This is the drop. This is yeah. where the bass comes in. This is where the, so you have got to have some knowledge and that's where I, I guess the, the really talented DJs or the really you know, good ones do well because they understand, yeah, they understand music. Mm. And, and e even with, I mean, behind me now is, is two analog turntables and an analog mixer. Uh, you know, it's technology that's been around in that format since the early 80s. And you you still have that manipulation over the music you know you can i mean if you do it right if you get two songs that are harmonically paired and you you can put the vocals from one over the baseline of another i mean at one at one stage i was mixing with five turntables and you you would have two songs that are mixed together and you play them at the same time and you're mixing into another two songs that are playing at the same time. And, but you can't do that with all songs. And it's, it's, it's knowing which songs 
and which tracks and which samples work together. Um, it's a, a, a really good illustration for for that is a, a DJ is a waiter. You know, um, he's not the chef. He's not in the kitchen. He's not making it. But what he is doing is he's presenting it to the customer. You know, it, it's a bit like when ones order a bottle of wine with a certain food, you know, that that waiter needs to know exactly what's on that menu. He needs to know it through and through so he can make the best recommendations. Um, a little bit more crucial in sort of doing your, your generic weddings and other sort of events like that, because it literally is on the fly. You know, you, you are, you have no idea what your audience is about and you've got to, you've got to find out what your audience is into by selecting a few tracks and then you work it out and then you, you carry on. But when it comes to doing events where people know what they're expecting, wow, you can have so much fun then. You can really, really watch people. And again, you can just control that energy level throughout the whole night. Over, over a series of hours, you can take them on this amazing journey through music that nine times out of 10, they've never even heard before. Uh, and that, that to me is the most magical bit of the whole thing. That's that's incredible. Um, and I guess the joy then of, of doing that is that you get to mix different styles, as you say. So you can have a lot of fun with it if you really wanted to. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I've noticed with myself. I, I may do a lot more than, than other DJs. Uh, other DJs that I know that would mix a certain style or a certain sub style of, of music certain genre uh, they will stick you know i mix house music or i mix techno and and they'll, they'll stick with that but they'll make that work in their own way um what i like to do is i like to vary everything you can adjust that whole thing by selecting a, a load of different style styles of music and, and some styles of music have a stigma attached to it that ones that when they listen to it the first time when they're on their own um it's like oh no i don't like that but when you when you judge the energy of that room right and you're and you're building it up you're building your audience up and it, it may take 20 or 30 minutes to build them up to that level and then all of a sudden you're introducing stuff that's got such a high energy rating that they just lose control absolutely just loose control and i think that's that's what i then enjoy about it is is you know go from house you can then mix especially the new house you can mix into the modern trap music um you can then mix that modern trap music into some other form of future bass sound which then can bring you into the dubstep sound which then then because that dubstep sound modern day is a lot more angry than it once was sort of back in the noughties. It's a lot more angry. You can now introduce sort of that more harsher German um, hard dance or American hard dance sound, which has got that real angry bang, bang, bang kick drum. And then before you know it, you're, you're into the more sort of harsher sounds of UK hardcore and UK freeform. And, and you've really sort of built them up on that energy wave. And then at the peak, 
you then start bringing it back down and then you get into your your, your jump up drum and bass and then you're bringing it into your your jungle then liquid drum and bass and then you're starting to bring them back down you're taking them you're, you're trying to tell this story you know no one knows what the story is but you're trying to tell this story with with this wonderful sort of world of electronic dance music and i sort of just going to for the the podcast that you're doing that's what that's what that podcast is trying to achieve is is to try and try not to be a musical snob about it you know we're not fixed on one on one thing you know i think for the for the next show i'm trying to find some um electronic jazz has come onto my radar okay um, absolutely amazing stuff so just trying to work out and trying to incorporate that into my set so it fits you know i don't want it to i i i'm not a real fan of amazing you know real harsh contrasts between music I, I really do like that blend i've always liked that blend if you can get that blend going um then it's it's acceptable to my ear and then hopefully to other people's you know mm. oh that's brilliant and um that's the, yeah I, we'll talk a bit more about your podcast i think definitely towards the end as well but it's a good thing to look out for guys especially if you want to learn more is is uh yeah to go and check out luke's work because He's going to introduce you to some very interesting stuff. And it's funny, you even say things like that, like electronic jazz. I didn't even know that existed as a genre, to be honest with you. Yeah. There's so many different types of genre and subgenre. I mean, for house, we're talking hundreds of different styles of house music. Because really, you could just take anything and then put a house uh, beat to it you've just made another form of house music <laughs> you know um so, some of the styles that really stick out to me at the moment um there's there's this massive drive to to big room house which is um i would say sort of maybe uh, the sounds like swedish house maglia and and Aditi and um maybe uh ones like We'll come back to that um they it it's that house that makes you sound like you're you're in a massive warehouse right. so you've got those long drawn out echoes and um uh, it, it it i forgot what your question was <laughs> so <laughs> I. In the of that. <laughs> I don't think it really was a question i think i was more just asking no. about different genres because oh that was it yes yeah yeah but what you're yeah. saying there is is awesome and, and and again that's i think it goes without saying that once you get into something especially something like music and let's say like for example this let's stay on the subject here you know you're talking about dance music and I, I think sometimes it's a human thing we like to put things in a box and say this is you know we hear a piece of dance music like you say you might hear swedish house mafia and go well that's obviously what all dance music forever sounds like in the box it yeah. goes if, especially yeah. if we don't want to go and learn more about it if for whatever reason it's not to our taste that's fine but of course the problem is that's never the case there's always hundreds of different artists there's hundreds of different ways of interpreting it and you know i suppose i hadn't thought about it until recently but i suppose being a disc jockey you bring your influences in and if you've got a broad palette of music or there might be something that you're you know on the side that actually you'll you really for example maybe you really love jazz and you really love electronic music of course you're going to try and fit the two together and create something new so i 
Am I right in thinking then it's a genre that's always growing and you're always finding weird and interesting blends? Oh my goodness. Um, it's constantly evolving. It's so difficult to keep up. I mean, <laughs> if, if for, for figures, I don't have figures in front of me, but I'm, I'm more than, than safe to say, you know, if, if you followed, let's say you, let's say you're following the, the world of drum and bass. Right. So over the world, you've got hundreds of tracks being released a day. Right. So you will never, so, some of them will be very good. Some of them will be all right. Some will be awful, but that it's, it's there every day. It's just a nonstop machine. That's just, and, and that's just in one genre. I mean, you imagine over every single, every single thing you could think of, you know, you, I mean, you haven't even, you haven't even mentioned about, the world of like progressive progressive house progressive trance progressive side trance uh, all, all of these ones have their own producers that just love that certain style of that genre and they're just and especially over lockdown man i, I have not been able to keep up I, I i i can't keep up with what's coming out at the moment there's just so much stuff and <clears throat> i'll be listening to other podcasts um, with that have a very similar format to mine, which is uh, the way I normally do it is I will pick 30 or so tracks out, 25, 30 tracks out that have stuck out to me that month. I could listen to another podcast that would be reviewing the same months, <laughs> reviewing the same music as me, and he will have a completely different playlist, and I'll love it just as much. And I... I think I, I, I love that about um, electronic dance music and sort of the umbrella of that that, that covers the vast majority of, of dance music. Um, we, on our show, <clears throat> on the show that's out at the moment, we had a producer uh, from 24-7 Hardcore join us and he done a, a guest mix for us. And, and we, we, were, um, we were chatting about this point of just in the world of hardcore alone, how much it has changed from the early 90s to where it is now. And it it's just different. You, there's, it's just completely different from where it was to where it is, but the, the main idea of it is completely the same. And you just, I mean, to think what what's it gonna be like in 10 years time is, is like, <laughs> You, you, you wouldn't even be able to imagine it, you know, because I, I can guarantee it will be so different to what we've got now, just as 10 years ago, it's completely different to then, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's always evolving, always it evolving. It definitely sounds that way. And um, again, I guess that's like with any genre and especially, <laughs> you know, you, you made a good point there that about um, lockdown. And I mean, I, I've only just done a little bit of production here obviously to release this podcast but <laughs> but other stuff i'm working on and yeah the, the amount of software's plugins stuff that's available now if you want to just sit at home and do remixes and makes and sort of get into any form of music but something like drum and bass for example the world i suppose is your oyster there's so much stuff available you can just go and make a start today if you wanted to and like you said within a week you could probably have a couple of tracks you know on the go and so I, I guess that's maybe is that uh, get my words out. 
is that another thing then I guess you like about this genre is that it's perhaps a bit more accessible than say taking the time to go and and learn an instrument um i what in terms of actually making it yeah no i just mean in terms of like um and again maybe this is just me but like i've spent years trying to learn the guitar and i'm still always learning new things and it feels i feel like it takes a while to get to a certain point where you know you're comfortable with recording stuff and yeah and producing stuff whereas i feel like perhaps doing something like DJing, you can almost get stuck in straight away. Just as long as you develop a good feel for music, you can you can just sort of get into it a lot easier. Am I right in thinking that? Uh, yes, it's it's definitely a lot easier to get into than the production side. The production side is very much, uh, I mean, you, if, if you're really boiled down, and I mean really boiled down, uh, EDM production, um, one one guy. Um, a couple of years ago described it to me it's it's complicated mathematics right the, 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 it, it, and and when when you look at frequencies for example in your trying to manipulate frequencies to create a new sound to to go on your like your, your big leads and all this sort of stuff it's complicated mathematics you're dealing with with frequency you know um and that that side of things, I've dabbled in a little bit. I've I've tried to produce my own stuff, and I I I, I can make a promise now that I will never be releasing anything that I have made onto the world because it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair on me. It's not fair on you. Right. However, yeah. um, in terms of DJing, it's the preparation side. If you've got if you've prepared. It's very difficult, and, and, and I, I mean, I'm talking from a world now where it was vinyl. I, I kind of caught the fag end of, of vinyl DJing. Um, right. a, a lot of it has gone into the, the digital world now, and, you know, I've, I've kept up to date with it, and that's how, that's how I, I do the vast majority of my DJing. But when I was practicing, um, you know, you had to sit down with all your records and look at them and go right. I need to know more about that song. So, so you, you'd stick a pair of headphones on. You, you would open up the the piano or the keyboard or, or whatever, and you would go up the scale trying to find the harmonic key of it, and then you'd make make a note of it. Um, I remember, I remember years ago, we'd, I'd done this this big event, um, and uh, again, this is before there was software to read programs, and um, I had. Sarah, my wife, she was going through it all with me. You know, I had to, at, at the time, um, I was mixing, this is when I was mixing with four turntables. I was mixing around about, uh, I would say anywhere between 40 and 50 songs an hour was, was my, my thing. So it was roughly a minute people were, were getting a change of song. And I remember being there with, uh, it was actually my, my granddad's keyboard. And we're going up through and we're there, we're going, trying to find like the song, <laughs> the key whilst listening to the song and um, getting everything in the right order. And then you go away and practice that set. But you'd listen to it and you'd go, yeah, those two, those two songs work together. But actually the way I'm trying to blend them together, um, 
that, that there's too much for the ear to, to handle. So you would go back to the drawing board and you would find parts of a song, you, you look at the song, you look at that song, and, and, and on vinyl, that, that was something that was very key as well, on vinyl you could, you could see the song on that. You could see the darker points, the lighter points, which would indicate different energy levels, really, of, of the song. And you go, okay, well, if I if I was to overlay that bit of the song there with this bit of the song there, that would actually help the blend between that song and that song be a lot more palatable um, because of their excessive energy levels or maybe um, uh, 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 other things. Like uh, sometimes you've got tempo increases and decreases within a song. So, you know, you look at it and go, I've only got 30 seconds to be able to make this successful transition before the tempo starts dropping away and then my mix then goes all out of kilter um whereas now you've got programs i you know it and i i feel like i'm cheating every time but you know you put all your your, your songs into a program and it goes da, 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 and it analyzes everything it tells you everything you need to know about the song and then you just sort of put them all in order do a practice i mean it, it's a lot more work than that but when I first certainly started getting into it, it, it was hours of work <laughs> to get a playlist up together. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't just approach the turntables um, and start picking random tracks out and trying to blend them together. Um, that, that there, there is a very long and drawn out method to, to do that. Um, but if you've prepared a set list, you you will know when a DJ has prepared a set list or a DJ is trying to wing it. There there is a there's a massive difference between the two, massive difference. Nice and uh, yeah, that, there you go, guys. I, I think I, I certainly didn't realize there was so much um, preparation that goes into. But the more you talk about it, the more I just just from a musical point of view, I'm sat here thinking, yeah, that makes total sense. Like, of course, you'd have to understand how the harmonies work. You need to think about tempo, for example, as you say. You know, if you were to mix something that's really fast and intense, yeah. you know, say like a 160, well, not, well let's say a, a 190 BPM, mm. and then all of a sudden you've got something that goes right the way down to like 105. <laughs> yeah, That might yeah. throw and, people and, off and they go, oh, wait, 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 what? Hang on. What's, what's going a, on? And another thing as well that, um, that I tend to forget when I'm putting tracks together, especially if I'm doing a vinyl set somewhere um, or I'm doing it for the show, is I take for granted um, what's what's called master tempo, which is on a lot of these softwares. You would click master tempo, and you could change the speed of a song by a good ten percent sometimes, and it doesn't change the harmonic key of that track. Oh. But on a turntable, you start slowing down a vinyl, the key starts to change. Yes. So with that in mind as well, you when when you're starting to build up the 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 tempo, you know, in a set, you can't just go, okay, well that one's a little bit faster than that one, so I will blend the two together and speed it up because people will notice that that progressive sort of key change as you start to speed up the song. So uh, what what a lot of chaps do, and and what what I've been doing for a long time, is 
you you would find that let, let, let's say and especially and it's important to do this with maybe a song that's not well known um and and you can get away with that in the world of edm you know because there's always going to be amazing music out there that people have never heard of before so it's you can you can bring that 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 song down you can bring that track down you you know you can lose 10 bpm off of a track and it's gone down you know let's say two keys um and, and no one would really notice because they've never heard of the song in its in like it's in original format before. Sure. And then you can then start to um, uh, what's the word? You can then start to blend other tracks into that that match that decreased key. You can start building up the tempo in that way. And um, a, a real popular way of doing that is, you know, if if you've got drums and cymbals or, or any percussion at the start of the track is if you've got to bring the tempo down to match that song, you don't really hear that decrease in, in pitch when you are on drums and that. Um, but as soon as you, as soon as the main body of the song starts coming in, you've really got to start to <laughs> really got to start to sort of increase the tempo of it. And, and, but, but all of this stuff is now taken care of. On, on on software, which is really good for beginners. It's mm. so good for beginners because they don't have to think about stuff like that. I mean, there's lads that have got into this that have been doing it a year. And if you were to listen to my mix and their mix, there wouldn't be a difference between the two, you know? Uh, so, some would say that's cheating. I, I personally, I, I, I would look at that and go, well, no, because it, it's... They're, they're now doing other things. They're doing more of a creative side. They're bringing a creative side to, to DJing, which I'm not a personal fan of. There's a, there's a lot of guys that are bringing in samples and loops, and they're adding to tracks, almost doing like a live remix to those tracks. Um, a, a very powerful DJing software now will deconstruct a song, which you can then re-put together. I mean, there's... Um, I've got a MIDI controller there with drum pads on it. So with that there, with Serato, you can you can take a section of a song, it will it will put it into different cells along the drum pad, and then you can create your own melody from that song using all the sounds from that song, and then put it on a loop. So you can create your own new remix of that song all on the fly course if you're planning to do stuff like that and you've then got to try and think of well i've got to try and match that song with this song and all this sort of stuff when now the computer can just take care of that for you whilst you can now be creative well this is why some of these young djs that are coming up through now have got are, are just making mixes that just blow people away because they can think about other things whilst um Sort of the computer, dare I say, is doing the hard work for you. <laughs> no, no, and, and that's okay because you know, again, I, I'm on the other side of the spectrum when it comes to music production, at least for what I'm learning personally. And yeah, it's it's funny. Some people can be a bit elitist and a bit purist and a bit like, well, it's not like it was in my days. Well, of course it isn't. Mm. Technology it advances. That's what it does. It's supposed to make yeah. life easier and solve problems. And from a creative point of view. Um, 
if there are softwares and plugins and things that can you know t take some of that out for you and leave more room for the creative like i personally am all for that mm. you know if it means mm. i don't have to learn how to for you know like case in point i recently bought a um i said to you just before we start i bought a uh, a drum plugin just to learn how to program some basic drums and create backing yeah. tracks and i had a choice of different ones and the one that caught yeah. my eye the most was one that had ready mixed drums now some people would say oh that's cheating you know but it's like well, i don't mm. have time or at least at the moment yeah. i don't really want to sit and then have to learn how to master and mix drums as well as do everything else i'm sure yeah. i'll get to that later down the line but it just means right now it's designed so that if i have an idea i can just throw something together quite quickly i can either chuck a loop in or i've got a little midi keyboard i can just tap out a rough key yeah. and be like right that'll do and move on so yeah and imagine for beginners in in this kind of electronic dance music if it's easier now than that's all the more reason to get into it so just on that note actually yeah. are there any good softwares that you would shout out or places for people to look if they're interested yeah so um i'm and, and i've 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 moaned on social media uh, about um this company before right um <laughs> but <laughs> however however it it is it is a problem that that a lot of people are experiencing. I, I I won't I won't I won't go into that now. But I I use Native Instruments Tractor. Okay. Um, and it's it's a it's a completely new interface that they've brought out Tractor Pro Three, and oh it's 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 got bugs on it. There's there's no other way oh. to 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 describe it. You know I I will. My my laptop will just be sitting there absolutely fine, and the software will just have a complete wobbly on me. And I'm not the only one to experience that. However, there there are some amazing. They're, they're, oh my goodness, it's just it's so good out there now. If you just want to get hold of something and have a play, you don't have to spend thousands of pounds. Like before, when I when I had to buy my turntables, you know. Technics were the the only they weren't the only option you had, but because they were industry standard, if you wanted to learn how to do something professionally, you had to buy a Technic turntable because their their characteristics are like no other turntable. You know, the the way they handle the way the way um, the pitch adjust works the the the, the little everything about that turntable because it like i said it was industry standard if you wanted to learn how to do it and then take your show on the road you had to buy a technic turntable uh, that means you had to spend 500 pound per turntable you know or maybe 300 pounds second hand because they were i mean the turntables i had um when I got hold of them, when I first got my Technic turntables, I think I was about 15. Mine were 15 years old then. Mm. But still being used in pubs and clubs everywhere because of how bonkers they were. Whereas now, you've got these things, I'm sure you're aware of, controllers, MIDI controllers. Yeah. So as long as you've got a powerful enough laptop to support a piece of DJing software, you just you just plug this it, and it can be tiny 
little mini controller into your laptop. Oh, flip. You, that, that software on there, you learn to use it right, you could sound like a professional in no time at all. No time at all. They're, they're mm. that good. They're that good now. Um, but, but again, it, it doesn't take the learn. You've still got to go away and you've just got to learn about music, you know. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Um, so, I mean, so Native Instruments, I mean, I, I think I've got that. I've got the contact. I use the drums through that. Um, and it's, it's pretty decent. But, yeah, there's no end to, to plugins and softwares. Um, your best bit, I don't know about how you feel about this, but I would say is, is to go and have a look on YouTube is a great place to start. Um, yeah. In, in, in the world that I live in, in music and sort of the rock metal stuff, there's hundreds of guys that demo stuff. Yeah, and it's really handy just to see what works. But I imagine for yeah. DJs, there's probably loads of YouTube channels you can go and check out. Yeah, and see people's reviews, um, and just sort of go from there. Like you say, build up yeah. your, your knowledge of, of what kit to get, um, and just start with the basics. And the, when when you start getting into DJing and you start talking about the music, because because ultimately you're DJing the music that you love. That's that's kind of that's kind of it. And when you start talking to ones that are like-minded um, and you start sharing your passion for that particular style, you get tips and tricks from people. You start sort of moving within those circles that enjoy that, that type of music. Um, and you, you pick up on other people's styles and you start going to events, you start seeing how the professionals do it. You start getting engrossed in 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 that world, and and it can all start from something so small, so s basic, and more importantly, which a lot of people are concerned about, so cheap, as well. That's the thing, and there's there's great forums out there to start talking. There's YouTube, for example, like you said. Um, that, oh my goodness, the information now to get started is 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 endless, and. By and large, apart from, you know, the, what make you should go for and uh, what type of software you should have with what computer and blah, 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 the vast majority of information will always point you in the right direction because whether you go for something made by Pioneer, Denon, Newmark, Reloop, it's all good kit. It's all good kit. I've, I've, I've had quite a bit of kit from all different. I mean, even even the newer stuff coming out now. Um, I can't I can't think of um, oh, what's it called. You might have to edit this in. I'll find it out. <laughs> they're, okay. they're, 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 they're brand new. They're called like the Maximus or something like that. I can't quite remember now. But they're getting five star ratings. And they're, they're brand new, like they're not really tried and tested yet, and they're getting such a good review just for being feel rugged. But again, it's it's a reasonable price. You don't have to spend thousands now. You could literally spend a hundred quid if you wanted to, and you could bang out a mix as good as I could on a hundred quid. It's amazing, isn't it? And yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah it really is. And there's lots of like other free doors. Um, that's digital. Um, audio workstation for anyone doesn't know you, you can get those pretty much anywhere um 
and there's, there's lots of different companies so you don't have to like you say spend hundreds of thousands of pounds uh, like, you, like you used to um i'd also want to ask then so who's your excuse me my voice uh, who's your favorite artist then in the kind of djing world at the moment that's a big question considering earlier you told us that it's a <laughs> almost limitless world of music but just just a rough idea of sort of your influences and I honestly if if there's there, there are quite a few because I because there's so many different styles I go through I go through like different interests like for you know for that week yeah I'll, I'll hear like a, 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 a trance track or something like that and I'll be like oh yeah I, and I'll dive right into that again and start listening to some some, some stuff that I used to listen to back in the day and then all of a sudden you know a bit of dubstep will, will sort of come out of nowhere or, or I'll see the 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 um uh, the sleeve of, of a vinyl I'll go, oh, I haven't listened to that for ages. I'll stick it on and I'll go, oh my goodness I've forgotten all about this stuff and then I, um, I suppose consistently consistently there's always been a couple I think Pendulum whether they're doing DJing engineering work or their their i'll say band stuff uh with with their sort of later stuff phenomenal i absolutely love pendulum everything that they've done i i've they've not brought a track out that i've gone oh i don't really like that everything seems to sit nice with me on that um for for a dj point of view there's two DJs that stick out in my head that I just I think they're brilliant. Uh, that's Andy C, just an absolute legend in the scene, um, owner of Ram Records. Uh, he 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 done all the the nightlife series, um, and the the quality of music that comes out on his record label is second to none. If if a DJ gets and, and and can produce their music off Ram Records. <laughs> they they've made it. <laughs> they've made it. Um, obviously, that's subject only to my opinion. Uh, and then there's in in the hardcore scene, which is again a complete. It's it's on the other side of the scale. Um, is Joey Riot? Um, he's a a, a Scottish guy. Um, I, I've, I've actually met him. <laughs> I, it was actually my first ever rave that I went to. Uh, it was in Bristol, and I've actually got this on film as well. I've, uh, they they done a they they were recording it, but there was a lot of um, sort of mixtape videos that that came out of of the night it, in, in like DVD format. And uh, it was funny actually. I was sat with a friend of mine about a year or so ago and we just got talking about it and I went wow actually I do remember they were filming that so we found it on YouTube and we found me and him in the front row you know I'm there with my top off I've got my my original iPhone and I'm like you know recording it you know I was only about 18 at the time um and, and it was it was Joey Wyatt and I remember I clear as day um I saw him at the bar afterwards and i thought oh i'm gonna go out i'm gonna tell him how good his mix was 
And literally what come out of my mouth is I, I tapped him on the shoulder and he turned around and I, I was chaved right up, obviously, because it's a hardcore event. I was there in my tracksuit and my, my flipping cap was up like this. <laughs> and I, I, all, all I'd done was I tapped him on the shoulder, he turned around and I went, nice mix, mate. That's all I'd done. I remember doing it. I remember just sort of pointing at him, putting the thumbs up and saying, nice mix, mate. But uh, he went, yes. And that was it. That was the end of our interaction. But that counts. It does count. Yeah, it yeah, counts. It um, counts. I've, I've had similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can think to say is like, you're yeah. awesome. And then you just yeah. run away. <laughs> nice, nice yeah. mixing, mate. You know, um, I, I think he was with uh, Lateral Theory, the record label at the time. Um, right. And the the I've, I've got loads of, of their stuff on on vinyl and i it, it was just epic stuff and and right. he was he was one of their flagship djs and um yeah it was and, and even still now he's still producing now and and what what he brings out excuse me what he brings out now is is excellent it is it is genuinely excellent it's excellent awesome. stuff yeah, I'd say. But I could go on because of which I'm not going to. Um, but um, it, it, oh my goodness, there's so many good, good artists out there. So many good. It's it'd be mean for me just to pick one, but th- those have really those have really stuck out to me um, throughout the years. That's awesome, man. I mean, I'm I'm gonna make sure I get those down, even just for myself, just to go and check out. Um, <laughs> I got. A, see if I got a. Hang on. You got a playlist? I'll happily link it in Spotify because um, a friend of mine did something similar when she came on and talks musicals. We we featured that, so that's out there for anybody uh, who wants to know. But um, yeah, what you were saying just before, like uh, Pendulum, for example. Yeah, definitely one that. Uh, I've I've always enjoyed uh, and the Prodigy Prodigy's a funny one. I feel like the Prodigy really fit in yeah. with, with metalheads. There's something about the Prodigy with metalheads. I think like they oh, they famously yeah. they headlined Download a few years ago, um, and I I didn't go but my friend did and he said actually they did an amazing set and the crowd seemed really responsive and I think what coming back to what you said earlier you do have like more heavy aggressive kind of style. With some some of that music, so you can yeah. that can actually lend itself quite nicely to other genres sometimes. Yeah, this it, this wasn't um, this wasn't my my first uh, EP uh, from Lateral Theory, but it was just one that I just picked out. Um, there's some absolute stompers on here right. uh, with Joey Riot, Boiling Point, um, Joey Riot and MC Storm, Greatest Weekend. Um, but it is just, it is just mad music, nice. and and I love it. I, if if I have to choose between that and drum and bass, I honestly don't know because they're so different, and I love them just as much. But I don't know what it is about hardcore. There's just that euphoric. It's the love that's shared throughout the room. I just can't describe like. Mm. You know, you just and and uh, I think I might be able to sum this up. Go on. It's a lot more of a smaller audience, 
for hardcore music than it is for the 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 drum drum and bass and jungle. Drum and bass and jungle is as really ever since sort of the late noughties has exploded and and you know you're starting to hear that music now on the top 40 charts you're starting to hear it in like the download charts you're starting to hear it on the radio um with guest djs and all this sort of stuff whereas hardcore you used to get back in maybe the early noughties uh with like the clubland's lot um you used to have the, the the nrg um albums and all this sort of stuff that sort of real hard dance stuff but when you would go to a hardcore event say i went to one in bristol yeah we would then go to one in swindon somewhere or uh, reading or or, or where, wherever bath cardiff and you would nine times out of ten see the same people <laughs> you know you 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 could you could bump into the same person that went to your last event because that audience range is a lot more exclusive and, and may, maybe that's it. Maybe it just feels a lot more tight knit. It's more of a community. I, I don't, that's, that's kind of the best way I can describe it. And, and you do, you see each other, you go, Hey, like, and you give each other a great big hug and like, you're, you're oh mate, you've got your top off and you're both sweating. It's absolutely grim, <laughs> but you know, flipping, bring that music on, man. And yeah. No, that's that's awesome, and again, it just I I am on the other side of the spectrum, but I do agree, and it's something you see. Um, I think in music, it is I I believe it's quite special if you're in a genre you're, and you're in that kind of as you say community. Mm. There is that nice shared experience, and for most people, especially those who've been doing it for a while, you know, and they like you say they travel from city to city to different shows. Yeah. You know, you know how to behave. You know how to look after each other and and be kind and and it is something that feels quite safe. Whereas I suppose from the outside, like you say, if people are running around oh. shirtless, bumping into each other, you might, from an outsider's perspective, go, <laughs> "Oh, I don't know about this." But actually, when you're yeah. in it, people are fine. People are looking out for you. You know, yeah. if you fall down, they'll pick you back up. It's that kind of thing. I, I went to uh, another event in in Bristol. It was um, see Pop Cat. Uh, it was a jungle artist, and I I can't remember who was playing. I, I don't think it was him. It was it was quite early on in the evening, sort of nine ten o'clock. He he hadn't he he wasn't on stage doing his set yet. And we're everyone's there. Everyone's just skanking about, and um, and and this was honestly what it was like. So it was me and another guy uh, called Sam. I swear on my life. We were the only two white guys there. Right. All right. It was just, well, yeah, it was, there was just, it was black people everywhere. We were the only two white guys there. But honestly, we felt, we, we didn't feel as though we were alone. Does that make any sense? It, 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 yeah. it was, and there was this one particular time, and it, this will stick with me for a long time. All of a sudden, all the house lights came on. The music stopped, all the house lights come on. Everyone was kind of like, oh, you know, what's going on? And there was a fight that had happened on, on the front between two guys. And the MC had stopped the music, all their lights went on. And he basically said to him, he said, we don't want any of this in here. He says, so if you want to have this disagreement, he says, take it outside. Nice. He says, or, he says, you can shake hands, we can rerun the track, he says, and we can all get skanking together. And they literally, with no word of a lie, shook hands, 
house lights went down, music started back up again, and we just all carried on raving. It was it was it was a really sort of weird moment, <laughs> really weird, but but it, it happened nonetheless. And, and that's uh, nice, man. That's nice to hear that. Yeah, yeah like like you say, there's no thought of of race or or anything like that, or, or you know, not it's just people are just enjoying themselves and. That's lovely. I think that, yeah, know, especially, especially in the world we live in right now, it's, it's nice to know that you can find a community where that is available. So that, hey, that's another reason to go and check this stuff out. Yeah. Obviously, at the moment, it's difficult for us to be in the room with more than 10 people, but that will change. And when it yeah. does, yeah, maybe this is a genre. Maybe, hey, maybe you'll see me at one of these gigs. Who knows? I, <laughs> I, I'll give it a go. Why not? Um, yeah, I, uh, I uh, have a tremendous respect for, for that. And everything you've yeah. just said sounds brilliant. I'll just uh, just my my wife's not really that into it. Um, okay. But I, ma- I managed to get tickets to see Dead Mouse in Bristol, and we, we we're both a fan of of his his music, whether that would be the more sort of deeper side of house or merging onto the techno or all the, the trance side of things. Um, we we like his style, but there are many songs that he's done that the artists have remixed and during that night he played a lot of those edits of his music so it was very vibrant sort of there was a, a quite a, a range of, of genres that he was playing and there was this one particular like like i said sarah's not really that much into it but we were we were on this balcony and, and his stage was down there and he played this um it was a casper Oh, was it Casper Remix? I think it was a Casper Remix of one of his tracks, which is a um, dubstep artist. And it just blew the floor to pieces. And I remember, and, and my, my missus doesn't like dubstep at all, but she was there. She was rocking to this music because it just was, it was now in your body, you know. And, and that, that would be one of the things I would say would be, it, it's that sort of um, not sort of judging a book by its cover. That's not kind of the right thing, but that maybe don't don't judge it until you tried it. You know, go and experience it. You you will not get the same level of power from having some speakers or a hi-fi system or anything like that when you're with those people and and you are like this. Yeah. So and then all of a sudden, everyone starts turning around to you and high-fiving you and all this sort of stuff because they love it just as much as you love it. And then the room starts bouncing and there's, well, you'll, you'll understand, you know, with the music you like, Carly, you know. You, mm. Yeah, you, I've you always said that. the power of a live performance is never to be underestimated, mm. um, especially with, like, high-energy music. Um, so, yeah, I can totally see uh, the appeal of that. Um yeah, it just it all sounds like a lot of fun. So, thank you for for highlighting all of that. And yeah, it's it's good to know as well for for new beginners that there's loads to get into. If you want somewhere simple to begin, even making it yourself, mm. that's cool. That's that's really cool to say. You know, within a year, you could be producing your own stuff. I mean, that that's it's hard to say that about almost anything, really, isn't it? <laughs> there's um uh, there was a quote from. Uh, Dead Mouse, and it, it's a very it's a very true quote. I, I can't remember word for word, but it was it was along the lines of you can have 
a guy in his bedroom making the next number one because the 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 processing power that some of these computers have now are so off the scale uh, off the off the the scale that you can produce such a powerful piece of electronic dance music just from just from your laptop whereas before you know sort of 90s but sort of before the pc era you would have racks of filters uh lfos uh reverb and, and you would have to wire them in you know and then play a sound through it and then change it so it was it was almost quite analog but you'd have to pay for all of that stuff right. whereas now they're all plugins on a laptop because that's how powerful laptops have now become in in manipulating these sound waves and and yeah you you, you could however there is obviously the flip side of that there's so many people doing it now yeah yeah that's that's the only bad side you know so if if you think oh i'm going to do this to make money out of it well uh, and and unfortunately it, it is true you probably never will make money out of it However, these next the, these guys have got to come from somewhere. Um, the the chap I was interviewing, DJ Easy Vibe, on my show, um, them as a record label have just started up this new um, uh, series, hopefully called the Future Stars EP. So it's it's going to be you know like a standard EP, um, but in digital format. But it's all with new undiscovered artists and they're going to be running that series hopefully for a long time to bring new people into the scene so there, there will be opportunities from record labels that i mean 24 7 hardcore they they've been in the scene for flipping years and years um but other labels you know they will do promotional stuff as well which you know you could produce something and enter it in Right. But the competition is vast. There are so many young lads doing it now mm. because of its accessibility, unfortunately. Well, that's fair enough. But that's really cool that you've got somebody there who's trying to promote newcomers. And yeah, I, I guess it's like anything, isn't it? If you're going to do it, do it for the love of it, not because you're clamoring to make money. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a world of difference between someone producing something to make money and someone producing something because they love it. There, there's, there's a, and, and that, that, um, you know, that that theory goes over everything around the world. If someone's doing something because they love it, it's better. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, it's going to be better. It seems like nine times out of ten, that's that's how those people end up becoming. You know, not that it's all about being famous, obviously, or you know, being rich, but people that actually get to make a steady mm. income from what they love mm. is just because they love doing it and that shows through in their work and, and people will keep supporting that because yeah you know that, i think that's a nice that's a very human connection we have um with each other through that through any creative field so it's, it's been awesome actually talking about this with you um i just want to, is there anything else you want to add before we sort of wrap up or no um. think so no that's fine that's yeah. fine so i guess really the, the main I'm question after that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you, you've gone 
yeah, you've gone really in depth on a lot of stuff, but I love it. This this is the kind of thing I want, um, and I've had for pretty much all the conversations I've had so far. So, yeah, more the merrier. Um, I guess really the question is, where can people find you and and your work? You mentioned your podcast. Yeah, so um, I I'm not aware of there any of there being any older stuff available online now. I'm pretty sure I took I I've taken that all down. Um, okay. But. Um, yeah, a bit, a bit like what we said at the start, Harley, was we started this kind of, we, we restarted the All Hands on Deck podcast. Um, we, we get the name from, that was what our parties were called. And we started those parties uh, when I was about sort of 16, something like that. We called yeah. them All Hands on Deck. Um, and every year we just, we just done another one. So that's, that's slowly uh, morphed into this, this podcast. But because of obviously lockdown, would have 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 had more time to sort of think about what I wanted the show to be, and and you know, I like to think that every every show, even though the format is the same, we start off with what has stuck out to me during um, that month. I like to think that no, sort of my show. For the vast majority of it, won't be predictable, you know. So every time you start a new, a new, a new one of the the, the episodes, it'll be right. Today we're going to start off with some driving techno, you know, and then we're going to move into some trance music, and then we're going to slowly go into sort of Nashville bass, some dark jungle music. Then uh, you know, uh, but then the next month will be completely different, you know. Um, so that's great no i'm definitely so, gonna yeah. check it out myself um as well i think i've had it because i thought that you were on spotify but um i know you're on podomatic and google and i think apple and itunes that sort of thing yeah 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 these are as well these are yeah yeah we're, we're, i'll um we're, i'll put some links in for you basically to so people can go and find yeah. it but just so they know where to go and look and yeah i'm definitely going to go and check that out because it sounds like a great place to to be inspired and, and check new things out. Yeah, the um, excuse me, I just got to this laptop. In. Um, the we, we also have an hour's mix at the end. So uh, whether that would be a, a guest coming in to to showcase stuff from from the label that they represent, like the last one we had, twenty four seven hardcore, done an absolutely smashing mix. Um, basically celebrating everything well not not everything but um uh, tracks that have done exceptionally well over the years of 24 7 hardcore and the, the the label itself and it, it's an hour's mix and it's just it's so good it's it took me it took me right back um whereas the week before that you know it was it was a breakbeat mix one of my all-time favorite genres i i love breakbeat and sort of a mix m- new and old stuff together see if we can try and get a good blend going so ev- every episode is completely different you know, awesome. in, in that regard awesome brilliant well thanks very much uh, luke and be sure to go and check that out guys and there we have it thank you so much again to dj luke for coming on to the show and talking to me all things disc jockey related as you could tell uh, there's an awful lot that we covered there and it's such a diverse topic it was 
just really fascinating to hear all about that and i hope you guys really enjoyed it too if you did be sure to reach out to me on the social medias both on twitter and instagram are at fundamentals pod speaking of i actually thought if you don't mind i'd like to indulge a few of the listeners who have been kind enough to reach out to me on the social medias and give you a little shout out because well you guys took the time to do it so it's really the least i could do i uh, i think i'll just start with a few screen grabs i have i would say uh, obviously mark over at skips the end and mark me thank you for doing all the retweets and plugging it that was uh, that was really cool to see Thank you to Gemma, at that Gemma from Skip to the End as well, for doing a little shout out. Much appreciated. Just scrolling along, I've got Rupert Dominal Hall, at Hall Business on Twitter. Did a lovely little tweet and shout out from me and Mark. So thank you very much for that. Um, also, in the same vein, I've got Mike at Mikey Cubed on Twitter, did the similar thing. So thank you very much, Mikey, for doing that. That was that was really nice of you and again i definitely appreciate it and uh demo as well on twitter at demo 316619 thank you so much again for just for plugging me in your socials you know just getting all these tweets was really uh was really something so uh, i greatly appreciate it and i'd like to give a little special shout out to a guy called simon armstrong at gunner armstrong on twitter not only did he share a very nice tweet like the others but he also wrote a little review. So I think I'm just going to read this out to you guys because this honestly made my day when I got it. Uh, he's titled it, A Love Letter to the First Ever Summer Blockbuster, Jaws. I just finished listening to the Fundamentals podcast with Mark Woodjatch from Skip to the End and Mark and Me. For those of you who don't know Mark, well, he's the biggest Jaws fan ever. Very true. Mark and Harley really deep dive into the making production of the 1970s masterpiece. And to get Mark to talk about something he's so passionate about for over an hour was incredible, as we know about Mark's attention span. Uh, love it. Uh, this episode was so insightful and brought back so many memories of the first time watching Jaws. I cannot recommend this podcast or this episode enough. If you do one thing this week, then download, listen and follow the Fundamentals podcast please go back and listen to the back catalogue simon that was above and beyond thank you so much my friend that meant a lot to me and again thank you to everyone else i mentioned for your little plugs and tweets and messages on social media it makes a huge difference so yeah that's all i really wanted to say thank you for all of you who have been checking it out i've had a little sneak peek at the stats and it seems to be growing nicely in fact when i checked uh, i seem to have quite a few downloads from france which really caught me off guard. I had no idea so many of you over there seem to really like the podcast. So, um, merci, I guess. Uh, I don't really know an awful lot of French, so apologies. But no, thank you. Thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart. Just wherever you're from, wherever you're listening, it just means a lot to me. So, thank you. And of course, I should really end the podcast by saying that to find all of Luke's stuff, which you absolutely should go and check out, look at the show notes below. I'd have linked it all. It is the All Hands on Deck podcast is the best place to go and as he said really he's discovering new stuff all the time so there's an awful lot to dive into thanks again for checking out this podcast be sure to like subscribe tell a friend follow us on the socials all that good stuff now i will be back again in a few weeks time with a completely different guest on a completely different subject until then stay tuned and stay safe